I used to take my students uh, on a ski trip every year in January up to Mount Washington. And, uh, I remember one, one in particular. Uh, we, were driving, uh, we were driving north and it was a typical, just sort of gross January day. It was gray, it was foggy, there was rain and mist. It was just gross. And uh, we were driving up the hill to the, the bottom of the lift and, uh, and we were three quarters of the way up the hill when all of a sudden, um, it, all in one moment, uh, it was just the, the fog just dissipated, disappeared, and it was blue sky as far as you could see. And the sun was just shining so brightly that it, it was almost making the snow on the trees glow. It was just so beautiful. And there was in the van, there was kind of this like audible gasp of coming from the gray, dreary, wet uh, fog beneath. And we came up above the cloud into just this beautiful weather, perfect weather for skiing. Uh, and it was this amazing day up on the mountain. And for me, it was uh, sort of this, this perspective moment of realizing that no matter what's going on with the weather down here, that there's always blue sky. Uh, there's, it's just a matter of perspective and elevation. You just need to get high enough above the clouds to have that brilliant blue sky. Um, the, the Advent theme for this week is joy. Uh, joy... Joy is adjacent to happiness, but they're not the same. The, the Greek word is kara, and um, it really means, it means joy, but it also means delight and gladness. Uh, the contrast to joy is, is like a sad countenance, which you know, reminds me of Eeyore, um, that kind of joy. Um, and I think that joy comes um, as a response to something else, um, that we don't manufacture true joy. Uh, we can put on a, a smile and, and pretend, uh, but that's artificial. Uh, the joy usually comes uh, sort of bubbling up from something else, that really that we're putting our hope in. Um, for Christians, for us, we know that the true source of joy um, theologically is that, that we have hope in Christ. Uh, that As we've talked about even this week, that um, that we were once broken, that we were once condemned, that we were once separated from God, the author of life, that we were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. There was no way back in, but, but in Jesus we have reconciliation, that, that he's, he's brought us back to the Father through his blood, that we have redemption, that he's paid the price for our curse and our sin, and, and we who were once hopeless now have hope. We who once were, were, were chained in slavery have been set free. We who once were, were stuck in darkness have been brought into the light. And, and I think in order for, for us to have a proper perspective on joy, we first need to understand that. Because I don't think you can have joy if you're entitled. If we feel entitled to God's love, if we feel entitled to heaven, there's no joy in that. There's just expectation. Um, there's a big difference. And, and part of what we see happening in this Christmas season is all about joy. In, in Luke 2, uh, 9 to 14, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. These are the shepherds. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel 
with a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and among uh, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Um, there is, there's this expectation of joy, that joy is breaking in, that there was darkness, but now we can rest our hope in this inbreaking of Jesus and the joy that we have in him. Uh, we see that joy also is, is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, that it's second only to love. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, we see that joy is second really only to, to love. And, and we see also in, in the ministry and the teachings of Jesus, um, as well as in Paul, that there is an expectation. Um, there's an expectation of joy in the life of a Christian. There's an expectation, I think, that God expects to see joy in our lives. There's uh, this story where Jesus walks by a fig tree, and the fig tree has no fruit on it. And he curses the fig tree, and they later come back to it and see it withered and dead. Um, and it's this illustration for us that the, the purpose of a fig tree is to bear fruit. And if it's not, then it's just a, a useless piece of wood. And there's an expectation in our lives that there will be fruit, just like on the tree uh, you see behind me, that the, 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 the produce of our lives will be fruit. And a major part of that fruit particularly being joy. In fact, the, the early church fathers thought that joy was so important that they, they really believed it was part of what it meant to be human. Um, in the Westminster Confession of Faith, it said the chief end of man is to glorify God so that, so that we were made, man, mankind was made, that, that we exist to glorify God, so to praise Him, to worship Him, and, and they added on to that, enjoy Him forever, joy in God, joy in Him. The, the fruit of joy bubbling up from our lives is supposed to be the produce that comes from our lives. It's what we were made to do enjoying God. And I think that this imagery of fruit is actually really important because um, fruit is something visible, it's tangible, but also it provides for needs. It's not just a flower. And I think it's really important, the distinction here, that, that Jesus doesn't say that the outworking of our lives with Him is, is going to look like a flowering rose but rather the, the fruit you can pick off a tree and it sustains, it meets a need, it provides. And so I think there's an importance that this joy in our life, life actually produces something. Because the purpose of joy is not just, not just about us feeling good, not just so that we live our lives happy. I know that many of us are prone to sort of believe that God just wants to make me happy and that's it. But, but the joy that we have is supposed to be this fruit that bears witness. It provides something as a witness to the world around us. In Romans 5, uh, Paul says that this joy should even be present even when they're suffering. Um, through him we also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing the suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Um, you see, joy can even exist even in the midst of painful circumstances. 
Um, a quote I came across this week said, Christian joy is no mere gaiety that knows no gloom, but is the result of the triumph of faith over adverse and trying circumstances, which, instead of hindering, actually enhance it. See, I think that the, the joy that we can't produce ourselves in the same way um, that a branch can't produce fruit on its own and, and, and a, a the grapes can't come simply from a branch, uh, as Paul says too, but there needs to be this connection as we are connected and rooted to Christ and the truth of who we are in Him, that we don't deserve to be in Him, that we don't deserve to be connected, but it's by grace we've been grafted in, we've been connected, that it's His grace and His love for us even though we don't deserve it. And when we understand that connection and as we remain rooted and connected to Him, then that fruit of joy begins to come about, not because we're forcing it or manufacturing it, but it comes out of that connection with Jesus. The natural production is a life of joy, and it's joy rooted really in the, the, the fact of who God is, of what God has done, right? And we see that at Christmas, a little glimpse of the, you know, um, the Word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us, that, that, that Jesus taking on humanity for us so that He can draw us to Himself, but also what God is doing, the, the hope that we have that God is alive, He's active, He's sovereign, that He's blessing us, that, that He's calling us into mission and purpose, and also the hope that we have in the future, that there is a resurrection, that no matter what happens to us in this life, that God is sovereign in all of it, and our hope does not lie in any immediate circumstance. My hope does not lie in my kids. My hope does not rely in my health. My hope does not rely in my bank account, but rather my hope relies solely in Jesus, and that's unshakable, immovable, and so therefore if my joy springs out of those things, out of a connection to that, then my joy sustains through all things in life. And it's, it's really about coming above the clouds of our circumstances, that we break through the clouds of whatever's going in our life and we look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And our joy is rooted there. And so are, are we a people, if joy is supposed to be this fruit that's visible and that's tangible that people can see and it provides for others, do people look at us and, and see the joy that should be produced by that connection with Jesus, understanding who He is and, and what He's doing and, and what He's calling us to and the hope that we have. Is there joy in our lives? Or have we gotten it backwards and we're known instead for being people who are judgmental? Instead, we are a people who stood under judgment, but by grace we were set free. We faced the right judgment of God. For our lives, our mistakes, our misplaced hope, our desperate desire to find life, but instead of giving us judgment, God has given us mercy and grace, and that should produce joy that people see, even in, in difficult times, that needs it can be real and tangible, and what a witness that is. Our responsibility that we have is to be joyful, not artificial, not manufactured and pretend plastic, but as we remain connected to God, joy will grow in our lives. And that is a responsibility that we have to Him because it's a witness to others around us. There's an expectation for that kind of fruit in our lives. And we're thankful that God will produce it and that God does it. He's calling us into it, that He allows it, He, he brings it about um, for us in many ways. At, at Christmas is when, uh, is when, that first Christmas is when uh, this, this whole thing started for us, as, particularly as Gentiles. Um, so, let's pray.
Father, uh, we thank you that you, um, that you provide joy for us, that you are our hope and our sustenance, God, that, that our hope is unshakable because of who you are, what you've done, and what you've promised. Help us to root it firmly in you, and I pray that joy would abound in our lives in spite of our circumstances, that we would abound with joy and that it would be a witness providing uh, for those around us to see that it's true that our hope is true and secure. We pray all this in your mighty name. Amen. Hey, once again, we love you. Before you, we're with you. Uh, let us know in this season if there's anything we can do to help. Talk to you soon.